come to kindergarten kiosk. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. Today we have an interview with Annie and Heather about their book, The Growth Mindset Coach, which I loved so much. Growth mindset is so important for our students and it's important for us as teachers as well. And I really love how this book breaks things down into a usable format that will help teachers use growth mindset in their classroom. Annie Brock is a former library media specialist and high school language arts teacher. She graduated with a degree in journalism and mass communications from Kansas State University and earned her teaching credentials through Washburn University. She currently works as a freelance writer and educational technology consultant. Annie previously authored Introduction to Google Classroom. She lives in Holton, Kansas with her husband, Jared, and their two children. Heather Hundley is an elementary educator with 12 years of teaching experience. She currently works as an instructional support specialist with Greenbush Southeast Kansas Education Service Center. Heather has an elementary education degree from Washburn University and master's degrees in education and in school leadership from Baker University. She has served as a supervisor for pre-service teachers and as a guest lecturer with Washburn University. Heather was recently named a Kansas finalist for the 2016 Presidential Awards for Excellence in Mathematics and Science teaching. All right, so I love your book. I love it, I love it, I love it. You do? I love it so much. And I'm I'm not teaching right now. I'm staying home with my kids and I was reading it and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I wish I had this when I was teaching. And I'm so glad that I read it before I go back because it's so awesome. Can you guys talk a little bit about how it came to be, how you started writing it, where it came from? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wrote a book with Ulysses Press, who published uh, the Growth Mindset Coach, uh, called Introduction to Google Classroom. I do a lot of technology integration stuff at my school, mm-hmm. and uh, so I wrote that book. And they put it out and then they contacted me and they were like, do you want to write another book? Because we're interested in doing more education type stuff. And so I said, okay. And we kind of talked about topics and different things. And um, then I said, you know what, I'm going to have, because I'm a high school teacher, um, but, you know, all these topics are really K-12, impacting K-12. Mm-hmm. And so um, I knew Heather from the school district where I worked. She's a kindergarten teacher, mm-hmm. an awesome kindergarten teacher. And I was like, it, can I have a co-author? And they said, yeah, sure. And so we, we finally decided, we considered a lot of different topics and we decided to go with growth mindset as, as kind of the jumping off point because lots of people were talking about it. We both had read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, um, and loved it, and we're using kind of the idea of mindset already in our in our classrooms, and um, and so that's how the idea was born. I yeah, I love it. Was it hard to co-write a book? Because I couldn't tell where one of you was writing and where the other one started. It was totally seamless. Was that hard to do? <laughs> well, it, I I did most of the writing. So Heather, we sat down. I remember we kind of like put this big piece of paper on my butcher paper on my kitchen island and we just mapped out like this really detailed well first a loose outline but then got 
you know, started talking about each chapter and the way we did the month by month thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've read Gretchen Rubin's book, Happy, uh, what is it? Happiness, Project. happiness, the happiness project. We had both read that and liked the way that you tackle one area of happiness every month. And we're like, what if you, cause teachers never have time to do professional development. You know, it's always put, gets put on the back burner. And we're like, mm -hmm. what if we organize it to like every month you tackle this kind of different facet of growth mindset and laid it all out and then found the resources we wanted, looked into the research uh, and kind of did all that stuff. And then I actually sat down and did most of the writing. There's parts in the book where Heather journals about her experiences in the, in the kindergarten classroom because I didn't have that elementary experience. Mm -hmm. uh, but for the most part, the writing is coming from me and all the great ideas come from Heather. <laughs> I was going to ask because it says Mrs. H's journal a lot. I was going to say. Is, is she that comes Heather? in and writes her own. So when she's writing, that's, that's Heather's voice. Uh, for sure, writing about her firsthand experiences in the, the kindergarten classroom. Well, I want my son to be in your kindergarten classroom now from reading this uh, book. <laughs> like, I did too. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Well, and I love that you teach uh, high school, you said, right? And we, yeah. so you've got high school and so yes, you teach, teach kindergarten. I, I teach high school English and um, I also was a library media specialist, but I'm staying at home with my kids too right now, which is why I have time to write a book because nobody <laughs> has time to write a book, right? So I'm working part-time in the morning doing technology integration at our school district and then the rest of the time I stay at home. But when I get back, I, I, I'm the same way. Like when I get in, back in the classroom, like I can't wait to start using this stuff, you know, with, with, in my classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing as you are. Yeah. Well, and I wondered when I read it, how it would read if you were upper elementary or lower elementary or high school or middle school. And I think since you both have such different experiences, it just covers the, it just covers it. I think anybody it could pick it up. Good. That's exactly what we were hoping for. Whether you're a first year teacher, a seasoned teacher, if you're a kindergarten teacher or, um, teaching mathematics at the secondary level or honors English class. That's what we were hoping to be able to gain from, you know, putting together both of our um, experiences and the resources research that we use. So I'm glad that you feel that way because that's definitely was a goal that we had in mind. Yeah, I really do. I, I think it's useful to everybody. It, and I liked that you had lesson plans along the way. And because of you, both of your different experiences, I could totally see anybody taking the same lesson plan and adapting it. Oh, good. The gauge. My husband's an ELA very, uh, English teacher, and so kind of bouncing ideas, and of course that's Annie's background, but bouncing ideas to make sure that it was cohesive in both places. I mean, I think using the people that we had available um, to look over and make sure that that's the direction um, that made sense and that we were able to achieve that is awesome yeah I think you were really successful with it because okay. I really I really was a little skeptical because sometimes <laughs> when you teach kindergarten and you probably know this Heather when you teach yeah. kindergarten you read a book and you're like oh this was clearly I can't use this right and how to adjust it and yeah. I think too um right now I'm not in the kindergarten classroom this is my um I just stepped out this Actually, in July, I'm an instructional support specialist for a mm -hmm. service center, and so I'm providing a lot of professional development and learning opportunities with districts. Um, and I start whenever I start with I, mean, I was a kindergarten teacher, and I'm working with a secondary crowd. I 
am fearful that some of the, like, oh, well, it's kindergarten. You, you play kindergarten, right? And that's <laughs> not the case. And so, like, my message is making sure that the takeaway is it's not all play, but I think there's still a lot of value in the things that are happening in kindergarten that can be continued on in secondary. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes forget that, you know, it's great to have centers and the collaboration time and not just sit and get lecture and um, making sure that, you know, you can, you can still pull some really great resources and best practices into the secondary level and almost use that um, everything I need to know I learned in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. This still applies, so you can still have really high expectations and you know build upon student and you know individualized personal learning and differentiating on instruction. And I just we have an activity in there where you like build a model brain with Play Doh, Mm -hmm. and um, we're like, Well, how will high school kids feel about Play Doh? And immediately, I'm like, They'll love it, trust me, they will love it. They never get to use Play Doh, they will love it. Yeah, it's just kind of those things where like, how what's something that anybody kind of like Legos are for ages four to 99 or whatever. Like that's what you're trying to think of. Like what are things that just connect with people um, just on the human level? Cause Mm -hmm. really that's what growth mindset is about. It's something we all have. Um, And so that was kind of, yeah, that was our goal. So I'm glad that you feel like it worked. I feel like you did it. I I really do. I, I think that's quite an accomplishment and I was really impressed with that. And I liked how you arranged it too. I, I think that's really useful for teachers because I read it all at once, but I know when I was in the classroom, I probably wouldn't have had time to read it all at once. And you've made it really easy for teachers to break it up into chunks and just take it a little bit at a time and go through the year. Did the progression work for you? Because we really mapped that out with where do you start at the beginning of the year? And then, you know, of course, building relationships being essential part of that and then explicitly going into that instruction. Did that feel like a natural progression? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And also, I liked in your introduction, you said that if you get it, the book in the middle of the year, just pick up in the middle of the year. And reading it, I thought that that would work really easily, too, because you can all of the months were kind of self-contained, too. Right. So you could work on that thing. And, and I also like that you built in little pages to work in the book. And to, it's clearly yeah. a book made to be written in. And, and Yeah, definitely wanted to have some interactivity with it. Because so much of mindset, and this is kind of how, you know, we look at mindset. So much of it is just your own self-talk. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're fixed in your mind and your growth mindset exists together, side by side, in mm-hmm. your brain. And, and it's all like how you're talking to yourself when you're accessing your growth mindset, you're tapping into that part of yourself that, um, is perseverance and resilient and, and fearless. And when you're talking to yourself, your fixed mindset, you know, that's, that's your voice that's saying, Whoa, hold back, or this isn't for you, or you messed up, you might as well give up or whatever. And so, um, that's reflection. And so we're like, you have, we have to get to a point where we're asking whoever's reading this book to ask themselves questions, to talk to themselves, you know, through writing or just even if nobody wants to write in the book and just kind of answers the questions in their head, you're still being mindful about this idea. And so that was kind of the, why we made it interactive because it's all about being interactive with yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, mindset is. Yeah. There's opportunity, like you said, self-reflection, and that's where the learning is going to take place and thinking mm-hmm. about where I'm at and where I want to go and how am I going to get there and which mindset am I going to listen to. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it's so well-researched. I loved how you pulled in research from all over the place to support the growth mindset idea. I mean, you you referenced Vygotsky and you referenced John Dewey and you referenced Albert Einstein <laughs> and everything just built upon this growth mindset idea. I mean, it was Where did the research come from? Did you guys spend a year researching this book because it felt like it? <laughs> it, felt, it did feel like it to us too, but... No, we, um, we had, from, we started in December and we wrapped the writing in May. So we had a very short amount of time and we would really, we took it, we had an overall plan, but then we would dive into like a month and just dig through research and go on, you know, my, I probably shouldn't say this, but my nephew gave me his password. He goes to like a big university and uh -huh. he gave me his password so I could get onto like the university <laughs> library. <laughs> Maybe edit that out. I don't know. I don't know how illegal that is. But uh, I, I said, we're now going to do a CNG. <laughs> yeah. Don't give your password out, kids. But still, it was so great because then I could, you know, they had this like huge, massive um, archive of journal articles. So we just like got to dig in and, and find out all the stuff and, and use that as our, our resource. So lots of journal articles. You know, there's lots of good, and Carol Dweck was, you know, our main yeah. source mm -hmm. of information because her book is so fantastic. And we didn't, she does talk about education in her book, Mindset. Have you read Mindset before? I haven't yet. I need to read it. It's this so is, good. This one is right here. <laughs> That's one. This is like truly an amazing book with 30 years of research to support um, her findings and what leads to success is these two mindsets. And so I would absolutely recommend she does. She did all the hard work for us <laughs> because she was in there. Um, and I her interestingly, her research started when she kind of no, started noticing the mindsets and named them, you know, mm -hmm. she was actually researching failure and how um, kids deal with failure. Mm -hmm. And she's, she's got a really great Ted talk too about her book mindset that I recommend all teachers watch and kind of how that was born in her and then how the progression of her research over the years. But, um, you know, she was really our touchstone. Um, I always, I joked with Heather. We said like people who like Star Trek are Trekkies, and I started calling us Dweckies. <laughs> like like what would Carol think? WWCD. What would Carol do? <laughs> like guiding our guiding light as we wrote the book, and like I'm I'm just waiting for the the. You know, that's just probably like a dream, but like her email. That's like I saw your book. Yeah, you really nailed the message. I would be happy. So that was kind of where you know where we started and how and how the idea of it, it was born with her, and we just tried to make it um, digestible for a busy teacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think you really you got it. I think you nailed it because I felt that way when I was reading it. But so. Do you think after writing this book, what do you think is your biggest takeaway? Like what, what impacted you the most when you, after you wrote it? I just, I am so much more conscientious about um, how I feel about and speak to students and even colleagues mm -hmm. um, uh, so that I'm, feeding their growth mindset and not their fixed mindset. When I have a bad day and I want to say like this, you know, this person, it's all their fault or, um, 
you know, I have some shortcomings. I'm just so much more likely to think, look at it through a lens of like, how can I do this better tomorrow? Or what can I take away from this situation that made me upset or that, you know, was kind of a thorn in my side and turn it into something more positive. Um, and then I also just know so much of it is just noticing, like when I hear my fix, I can very clearly hear my fixed mindset <laughs> talking to me and point it out. And like, there are things like about like exercise, for example, like total fix, like exercise. I tried it. I don't like it. It's not for me. <laughs> clearly. I was never meant to be in shape. I mean, that's how God made me, and, you know, like, so now I can be like, Annie, come on. Like you're choosing this. Like, I, you know, I can't go running. I'll, I'll die. My body wasn't meant for that. <laughs> There's no way. And so kids, I can hear, I can hear those fixed voices and stop them in their tracks and replace them with, with growth messages. Like, okay, so maybe I can't go out and run a marathon right now, but where, what's my starting point? Can I walk two and a half miles today? Or, mm -hmm. you know, with my son who just started kindergarten this year, I ask him like, what's something that really challenged you today? And just saying like, how was your day? Fine. You know, mm -hmm. every parent has that conversation. So instead I just try to be really intentional about how I talk to him. Like, like what, what really challenged you today? Oh, you know, how could you, what's a different strategy you could use or how could you tackle that problem tomorrow? And I'm just, I mean, I think it's just a bigger, better mindfulness of, yeah. of how I'm carrying, carrying myself, but it's really made a difference in, in my life and in my teaching and my interactions with kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I would never say now I may have said before, like that, you know, he just, that kid just wants to cause trouble or something like that. And now I see it so much more deeply and can look at it through a lens of like, okay, there's something going on here. And now it's my job to investigate it and try different strategies with this student who may be struggling in my class or, um, you know, and, and I think that's how I'm applying it. And I'm using it every day, all the time in, in relationships and friendships with exercise with I mean, <laughs> may not be working so well but I'm trying <laughs> just like just trying things that I even trying things I wouldn't normally try um I think it makes a difference so so on a personal level and on a professional level it, it's changed me and I think just kind of carrying off from that is the conversation. I have a fifth grader and an eighth grader and a sophomore. And so the conversations that I have with them, again, we are usually when I pick up my youngest son, the conversation is, did you have any really good struggles today? Uh, or what was your favorite mistake? Did you make any mistakes? What did that look like? And how did it make you feel? And I think having some really good conversations about that. So he's aware that, you know what, when I do make these mistakes, it's an opportunity for me to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think professionally just coming out of the classroom, I'm now, um, I have a very fixed mindset about <laughs> standing up <laughs> in front of people. I'm standing up in front of my peers and sometimes it's a hundred people and I'm, you know, pro providing professional development and learning opportunities for them. And I really want to make sure that they're engaging. Um, but of course my fixed mindset tells me, you know, potentially you're being judged and what if they're not, you know, following in the, you know, maybe it's not as interactive as it needs to be, or they're not following um, this, you know, ideas that I'm presenting. And so what is it that I have to tell myself when I'm getting ready to prepare to speak in front of my peers? Um, and it's still not super comfortable. Like I said, I just started doing this job that I have found myself, you know, what is it that I need to 
to, to tell myself, how do I get to that point of being fearless? And, and so I started presenting that with, you know, being vulnerable in front of um, the group and saying, you know, I have a fixed mindset and kind of declaring it because mm-hmm. if I'm talking about growth mindset and how they can utilize it in the classroom, mm-hmm. I think and some teachers don't end up taking on um, challenges or new strategies or best practice. They get comfortable in a way um, with their teaching and they don't feel like, you know, we feel like we have to sometimes be masters before we can provide opportunities for our students. And we're really just go with it and, and, you know, make it as organic as possible in the teaching style. And what a great, you know, I tell them, and in the book, I think we even explicitly say model your mistakes and show students exactly what it's going to take for you to stand back up and do it again. And what, what did you learn from that? Um, and so I think just applying that from, you know, where I've had that, there's 20 plus kids in my classroom and I'm able to create this environment where we're a community of learners and, you know, I see them every day and we're all at a different pace and place in our learning. But, you know, when you're standing up for one day for maybe just two or three hours, you don't get an opportunity to really build that. And so that's something that I'm working on personally is just being able to, um, number one, shut down my fixed mindset when I'm getting ready and preparing for those presentations. And then what is it that people, what is the main thing that I want them to take away from this? And if it is me standing up there saying and being vulnerable and, you know, offering an opportunity, like I'm going to, I can completely make a mistake here. This, you know, new technology or whatever happens to be that I'm presenting on may fail. So be prepared to see this happen. And (laughs) probably, I mean, you put yourself out there all the time with a podcast, like you're just saying, (laughs) These are my ideas and I'm putting them out there. And there's like definitely that is a growth mindset attitude because a lot of teachers don't want to put their ideas out, not because they're hoarding ideas, but because they're like, what are people going to think I'm a fraud or are they not going to like what I'm doing? And, and you know, the judgment aspect, especially among adults. And that's, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what I love about kindergartners. Like they're not so much about the ju- <laughs> judgment aspect. Yeah. And you can, I mean, we literally tallied up one day or actually a few different days, how many mistakes Mrs. Hunley made. Um, <laughs> and I, and this inauthentic mistakes, not me just trying to be silly and make mistakes, but I had written um, a problem up on the board. We were doing logic puzzles and I had created, you know, was modeling how to build your own logic puzzle. And so modeling this for the students and I had written a number incorrectly um, for the sum. I don't exactly remember what the problem was, but I had Paris in my room. Um, <laughs> nobody said a word. Like, did you realize that you, re- that's completely incorrect. And so again, I don't I think it was later that evening. I came back in and I, it was still up there and I looked at it and I'm like, that's not right. Like nobody said anything. And so I left it. And again, an opportunity to teach with the few pairs that were in my room and saw this. And they're like, well, I wondered. I'm like, then you have to tell me. <laughs> and so modeling, I think, too, like, hey, Mrs. Henley made a mistake. And this is what we need to do. Can anybody figure out where the mistake was? And then they're like, we should keep track of how many mistakes. Because I think, too, kids don't think teachers make mistakes. And um, so just model. It was, a lot of times teachers don't want to make mistakes. You <laughs> right. know, they want to be perfect and not, and, and, and masterful. It, and yeah. Not. Right. But, but really I like this year, one thing that is different, I like freak out over a mistake. Like that was so great. This is like the best mistake I've seen all day. Cause mm-hmm. you know why? And then, you know, I show them like the thing about the mistake that was like right on target. 
Mm-hmm. And like, and then this happened. So let's think about like, why did this happen? And, and what, what's something you could do when you get to this point, instead of going this way, how could you have done it a little bit differently to get, you know, this answer or whatever outcome we were looking for. And mm-hmm. I mean, the kids, it, it instantly takes all the embarrassment or just that normalizing mistakes, which we talk about in the book. And mm-hmm. that's like, one of like my favorite things about growth mindset is just normalizing mistakes. Cause I was like the kid in class who's like, Ooh, pick me, pick me. I know all, I know all the right answers. You know, like the annoying one who the annoying Annie in the front row who <laughs> validation with my right answers all the time. And I would have never raised my hand excitedly if I didn't know the answer, mm-hmm. you know? And then of course I'd be like, Oh, I need that. <laughs> and like, I wish I would have had that in my life as a student to yes. be like, cause then I, that's really the place where I stopped like getting, taking more advanced math classes because mm-hmm. I constantly was making mistakes. I didn't get it right away. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, Oh, well, you know, I'm bad at this. So I'm, I'm going to avoid doing this because I'm not right all the time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that happened to me. And then I kind of went the English route and then became a writer and became, had a journalism degree and then got an English teaching degree and left math in the dust. And, you know, I found out years later, like, I'm really interested in math and science that those things are really fascinating to me. Just like all the research in the book, like that was one of my favorite parts is just kind of delving into the science of learning. And, um, I didn't give myself enough of a chance, but the normalizing mistakes and the power of yet, which we talk about in the book too, those are kind of my favorite things to emphasize with kids because like, yeah, you don't have it. Yeah. But look, look what you do have or yeah. look how far you've come and, and who cares if you don't have it, right. it's coming. Cause mm-hmm. yet implies that the promise of it's coming mm-hmm. just not here. So, not so what yeah, we're, we're heading that way. So. Yeah. I, I was reading the book and my, my son has been coming home with a uh, poor spelling test grades all year long. And it's been really discouraging to me because I was like the straight A student and I want my kid to be the straight A student. And then I was reading your book and he came in the door and we were practicing his spelling. And I just had, I had a more growth mindset way of looking at it this time. And I said, you are doing better than you did yesterday. Have you been practicing? And his face, every time we've done spelling, his face has just been downcast and struggling. But as soon as I said, this is better than yesterday, you must have been practicing. He lit up. Ah, and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we were, I know, we haven't talked a lot. Of, we haven't got a lot of feedback about the book. And we were just like, it's just one person, one kid, like, benefits from this. So we're like, oh, that is, it is so, that's, like, amazing to hear. It really is. I'm just, like, smiling so big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I just could, reading through it, and, and as you talked about mindset and and really getting kids involved in their learning, I just could see how classes could be really transformed by taking on this attitude. And I also like that you talk about how your fixed mindset never goes away and we're just giving kids strategies to cope with it because I think that you get the wrong impression when you first hear about growth mindset, that it's one or the other, and you point out that it's not. And I think, too, really just thinking that you are only growth mindset is almost a fixed mindset. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have a growth mindset. I have only a growth mindset. We are. We're, we have both. And so I think... Um, 
you know, creating opportunities for that self-talk. How are you going to handle it um, when it does intrude? Because it will thoughts? come. It will come. Yeah. It may not right now, but it, you will hear that voice, whether it's in band class or um, choir or math or science. Like, at some point, that little voice is going to creep in and say, you're no good at this. Why are you even bothering? Like, mm-hmm. you have to work too hard for this. You know what I mean? And and so that's the place where where you can – and I think we have some fun strategies. One was I heard from Carol Dweck about giving your fixed mindset a name. Mm-hmm. And we recommended, like, giving it – like, letting kids name it a funny name. Like, um, you know, butthead. Now it's like – you know, kids love that. Or when you let them like name their avatar and they go crazy, just that uh-huh. little bit of choice. Like, okay, name your uh-huh. fixed mindset. It's your private name. Give it a name and then tell it to go away. Buzz <laughs> off, right? And and yeah, and I think just naming it or you know drawing pictures. Okay, what does picture your fixed mindset brain? What's that look like? Fill it with all the images of your fixed mindset and just letting them realize it. Yeah, because. This is like, right, we've always had a fixed and growth mindset and we've always done these actions that have led to the outcomes of fixed and growth mindset, but it didn't really have a name until Carol Dweck gave it a name. And then once it was named, millions of people were like, yes, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Giving it an even more, like a a name that kids can relate to like that, I think um, makes it even more accessible instead of this like abstract psychology concept it's just like, hey, you know that I, I tell a story in the book actually, and my son did something. He like hit his sister or something, and he felt guilty. And he came to me and he's like, "Mom, um, I did something." And he told he confessed, and I'm like, "Did that little voice in your head tell me you needed to come tell me?" And he goes, oh, "How did you know about that voice?" <laughs> <laughs> personal secret like I'm like hey we all have that little voice in our head and he uh so so yeah and then once he knew it just like I was like oh I should talk about the little voice more that's our that's our conscience that's our that's your self-talk and so it became part of our relationship as uh parent and child just talking about our inner monologue which Mm -hmm. so often we don't talk about yes well, and the fact that we know what it is now and we can name it for kids and strategically teach them how to use their own mind to get the results they want, that's going to be so powerful for them. When I think, too, when you feel uncomfortable in a situation or when something is really challenging, I know Carol Dwight talks about success and what is the, the mind of a champion. And so, like, getting up and when you're uncomfortable trudging forward and when it's a challenge you figure out ways to solve it and when you fail what that looks like and then identifying what could have gone better differently um and i think all of those things when you provide opportunities and strategies and like the mantras that we that we have in the book those are things you can tell yourself and okay so when i i love i love a challenge right i mean i i'm telling myself this when my fixed mindset is saying oh that's too difficult and i don't think you can handle it mm-hmm. or you know whatever else may be happening or this is a really uncomfortable situation and i don't want to put myself out there then using those mantras to kind of help guide um, and provide you know the strategies for kids to use i think is in adults really important the failure piece i think too like the mistakes, 
important. I mean, just like your son with the poor spelling test. I mean, it doesn't matter if a kid has a, a growth mindset, they're going to hit snags and they're going to do poorly on some exam or at some point or another. We all fail at something. And it's, what's your reaction to that? Is it, well, you know, that's just who I am. Um, when I think if you don't fail, then are you, um, this is a generalization, but with the students who are labeled gifted, um, opting out, they don't want, you know, maybe potentially they've heard they're smart, they're smart, they're smart, or they're genius, and then they're opting out of um, more difficult or more challenging things because they fear the judgment of themselves as a person. And right. one of the, when I'm talking about growth mindset with adults, one of the things I have them do is draw a picture of their favorite animal. And it's so interesting. Part of that task is listening to what is your self-talk and they have to be thoughtful about it. They're writing it down because they have to share it. And I tell them, you're going to have to share your, not only your drawing, but then what you were thinking. Um, and so they're saying out, out loud, like, I'm horrible. I can't draw this and I can't do, I'm like, I'm not an artist. And so you hear loud and clear this fixed mindset. And then, um, I've also, you know, through that, ta or through that process or that task, I'll have, uh, you know, those, those teachers who will draw something easier because then they'll say, well, I really, a bear is my favorite animal, but I don't know how to draw a bear. So I knew I learned how to draw a butterfly or a fish back in third grade. So I went with that instead. And I, we have kids who are doing that same exact thing. They're opting for easier, um, you know, not honors classes or not opportunities to help them grow because they're protecting themselves from, from the judgment of others. And so I think all of those um, mm -hmm. pieces really help to build and, and foster the cultivation of a growth mindset. Yeah. I asked the other day, and he was just having a behavior issue, and I pulled him aside, and we were having, like, a little private chat, and I was like, I know, you know, these are the behaviors that I need to see from you, and I know that you can do this. And I was like, I don't want us to get to the point where we have to, to call your mom and have a discussion. Like, I don't think we need to go there. And he goes, well, she's used to it. <laughs> I was like, we can't take that. I was like, you should not accept that. Oh. This is your opportunity. He was just like accepting his fate to get his uh -huh. mom called. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to do yeah. that. What I want to do is work on this so that, you know, that doesn't have to be a reality all the time. Mm -hmm. We can we can make this, these little progressions in behavior or just like you do in math or English. Like we can talk about this and, and do better every day. And he's like, oh, okay, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, you don't have to call my mom. That doesn't that doesn't have to be it. So I'm not resigned to the fact that the, the call's coming in. So I love that, using that idea like, yeah, failure, it doesn't, it's not the end of the line. It's never, it's never over. And there's, um, I think that's the message is that like you can pick yourself up and be resilient and keep practicing and keep trying. And you may not be the very, very best. You probably won't be the very, very best, um, you know, but isn't it worth it to just do the things you love and try new things and challenge yourself? Like that's kind of the message. So, yeah. And I, I love that you put in a section about how to learn from video games. I will not take credit for that. I found that I, I cited this, so I don't remember who the source is, but it's like a, someone who works with Carol Dweck uh -huh. had that analogy. And I was like, that is like the best. 
uh, analogy for failure, how kids handle failure. Oh my goodness, yes. And I mean, quite frankly, myself, how many times did I play like level 86 of Candy Crush before (laughs) I be like, I will get you, you know, I I was not willing to to back down from that. So, Mm -hmm. and kids are the same way. And I love that analogy. Yeah. Of yeah. like, I will die on this level 500 times and they will never give up, yeah. but you'll get one multiplication table off and up, oh, that's it. And <laughs> my, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. Well, Glad you pointed that out. Yeah. I love that because I was reading it and I kept thinking, this is exactly how kids are in video games. This is exactly how kids are in video games. And then I turned the page and you said, this is how kids are in video games. <laughs> And I love that you pulled out the things that video games do that help kids have a growth mindset. So that's, I thought would be really helpful. Now, and there are things that you can translate into your class, just like, okay, you know, no video game, it would be a terrible video game uh, maker to say like, oh, you, you lost two lives. It's over. It's like, you can <laughs> yeah. never play again. Sorry. Like, so why on a test do we let a kid take it one time and they fail? Like, sorry, guess it's over. Never, you know, you can't revisit that. And so that was that's those that's one of those things. Like, okay, I can take this and translate it into the classroom. Like, kids give them more than one chance because they'll get in there and they'll keep trying. We know that they're capable of doing that thanks mm-hmm. to video games and <laughs> sports and other things. Mm-hmm. Like, we just have to give them opportunities to do that. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I have a choice. I think picking which avatar or which car or mm-hmm. yeah. whatever other uh, sources out there <laughs> with what you're choosing. But I think voice and choice and then the feedback that exactly like video games. Okay, so here's your hearts that you're getting when you're surpassing these certain levels. Yeah, because or- video game is the same for everyone picking it up and playing it. But it's also like this intensely personal challenge mm-hmm. that kids are taking on. And so, you know, school can be kind of the same way. Like, yeah, okay, there's some cookie-cutter aspects to school, and we all have to meet these standards, but your way doesn't have to be, like, that guy's way or her way. You know, you can carve something that's unique and personal to you that you're invested in and go for it. And, and, you know, that's providing, like Heather said, the voice and choice aspect Mm -hmm. of learning is so important. Yeah. Do you have, I think we're about out of time. Do you guys have any last minute thoughts you want to share with people? Um, go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, we're just, always have thought. <laughs> I, I never, I never run out of things to pick say. Pick me, pick me, right? Um, yes, that's me. <laughs> ah, I have a thought. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find it. We make a great team because we just are complimentary. So um, (laughs) I would say, first of all, just the teachers who who bought our book or reading our book or gotten any like little nugget of information that they was useful to them. Just thank you so much. Thank you for inviting us here and talking about it. And, you know, I think um, we are or publisher and they're interested in us writing another book about growth mindset and just getting kind of more advanced uh, into the topic. And so we're thinking about ways that we can tackle that next challenge. And, and we're really excited, but I just think growth mindset is so fantastic because it is an, it's an intervention that you can learn about and take it to school tomorrow. Like if you were teaching right now, you could go to school tomorrow 
and just kind of implemented in a couple of different ways, like right off the bat. And so often teachers, and I always hear that among teachers and professional development, like, give me something I can do tomorrow. Like I, I want that. And growth mindset, it is that thing. And it's also something like you said, when you ask your son, like, did you practice this? Cause this is better than it was yesterday. And his face lit up. It's like that immediate feedback to the teacher because you know we live off lit up faces that's you know teachers subsist on on light bulbs and heavy faces and so um like I just I love that and I I hope anyone reading this book knows like don't let it overwhelm you uh don't let it it's not like some unrealistic psychology concept that that's not applicable to you because it is k-12 college grandmas babies like (laughs) we do talk about babies parenting I mean really whoever you are and wherever you are in your life I think growth mindset um can have uh value or the idea of growth mindset and learning about it and learning how to tap into yours uh can have value so I hope I hope people people find the value in it and I think just kind of along those same lines, just that it's an essential part of the lifelong learning. And if we can really captivate ways that we can um, address those strategies with fixed mindset and really empower students and ourselves, um, I was just reading an article how um, fixed mindset in the classroom, like personally teachers coming in with a fixed mindset, how that, you know, is, I guess, creates that atmosphere and and carries over into the student's world. And so things that we're doing in our classroom and the messages that we're sending to kids. Um, so I think starting with ourselves and then what are great ways that you can include this in your classroom to really build that growth oriented atmosphere and environment for students is just yeah. essential to learning. And we never say like, Oh, here's how you make your kids have a growth mindset. Like it's all about just like, how can you make a growth oriented environment? What can you do to like, just sow the seeds so that their growth mindsets have the opportunity to blossom. And, um, so yeah. Well, okay. So the book is the growth mindset coach. I haven't Mm -hmm. said the name of your book yet. (laughs) 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 And it's Ulysses press. And where's the best place to find it? Um, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It was on uh, walmart.com. I saw, I know I Googled my own book. I'm such a dork. Uh, I was like, how can I get this? Uh, so I, it's on, yeah, Amazon, all the the big booksellers. And then, um, I think it's, they, it's in stores places too. So maybe check your local Barnes and Noble if you want to buy from a brick and mortar store or check around, uh, Google it. You'll find, you'll find it. All right, and we'll put links in the podcast so that everybody can find it quickly because it's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Annie and Heather, for the interview. We hope this is helpful to you all, and we encourage you to go out and get their book, The Growth Mindset Coach. It's a great book. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Goodbye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U. 
podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?